the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, Tyson, I just got out of one of those meetings that you have as a law firm owner where you just want to like put your hands on both sides of your head and squeeze as hard as you can because people are driving you crazy. You want to talk about it? You want to use this as like a session on the couch? and No, maybe on Saturday we can, but it's just sometimes it's hard to know what the right thing to do is. Sometimes things are very clear, but sometimes things are mushy and it's hard to figure out what the right thing to do is. And different people are telling you different things and they all are having good ideas. And you have to sort of, as George Bush said, be the decider. I'm the decider. I'm going to use an aviation analogy. It's kind of like having like you've got your your plane parked out on the tarmac and you're ready to go, but it's tied down. They got the wings tied down so you can't take off and you're ready to take off. I, I can I can only just like see you being the plane wanting to go and take off, get on the runway and go. And they're sort of the tie downs, not in a negative way. The tie downs serve a really, really good purpose, but it can sometimes hold you back a little bit. I just want to get those big scissors and cut the tie downs. Yep, that's exactly right. Well, let's get to our guest today. It's one of our all-time favorite members of the Guild. He actually came up with the name of the Guild, which is the Guildians. His name is Eric Woodman. He's an immigration lawyer out of Oregon. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, guys. This is a real privilege to be here, and I love what you're doing for the, the lawyer community. I really want to come out and see you in Oregon. I've never been to Oregon, and I've wanted to go for a while, so I'll have to come out and see you sometime. But uh, tell us about your journey and, and how you got to where you are now. Yes, yes, absolutely. I grew up in Northern California in Silicon Valley and was in a pretty diverse environment. My high school, white kids were the minority. And some other formative events for me were going to Japan as an exchange student. So we're connecting the dots here to me becoming an immigration lawyer eventually, but lived with a family in Japan, went to UCLA, was impacted by a number of things there, really diverse there too. I didn't like law school too much, but I loved realizing I didn't have to do what everyone else was doing and and basically play a different game is what I realized. I went to Hungary and met my wife there. I was teaching law at a college. It was the best choice I ever made. So it was, it was legit for my career. Met my wife. Now we live in Oregon and have three kids. So tell us a little bit, Eric, about your firm, the setup, your team, and sort of how things are going. 
Yes. So the firm has been in existence for 10 years. I started it after I was in-house counsel for about five years at Philips Electronics. So I've, I had some corporate experience, which, which is good. I actually liked working there. So I, I could have seen myself as an in-house counsel for the long term, but glad my wife and I wanted to be adventurous. We quit our corporate jobs in the Bay Area, super expensive there. We moved to Hungary again, where we lived for about two years. So from 2007, 2009 or so. And then that's when I started my firm and just had clients that were finding me for both business immigration. And then more and more immigration clients kept coming. And it was a perfect fit because I had handled my wife's immigration paperwork and I I really enjoyed it. And I am fascinated by international relationships in that you have one person from one country, someone else from another country and the cultural dynamics the challenges and the richness that come. So my firm for the last 10 years has focused mostly on family immigration. We're doing more business immigration. Now I want to get to a point where we're about 50-50 and we have a team of 10 people. I'm the, the only owner. We have two other attorneys, two remote staff, and then about five legal assistants, operations director, and paralegals. So Eric, I, I find Japanese business practices just fascinating. I really do. I think it's it's really cool. I, I wonder if any of your experience in Japan has has formed any of your experiences as a business owner. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it was great. And I, I did some contract negotiations with some big names when I was in-house counsel. So I was negotiating, it was it was amazing. These Japanese lawyers had passed the New York bar. It's I mean it's hard enough for Americans to pass it, right? Super smart guys. And they were extremely impressive, but the formality of it all, and and my boss hit me under the table when I didn't call the guy Yamamoto-san. I had I had to make sure it was San. And so yeah, that was fascinating. And it was also also intriguing that when Japanese and Chinese negotiate contracts, they use English for their agreements. I thought that was amazing. What a, what a like privileged time in history the Americans have. So. Eric, talk to us a little bit about, you know, one of my favorite questions I always ask people is what's your favorite part of owning a law firm and what's the part of being an immigration lawyer or owning an immigration firm that you would like to have someone else do or that might not be your favorite part? Yes. So I, like I alluded to before, did not like the law school game in a sense where it seemed like I was destined to just be a a cog in a machine or a, a, a lackey to some partner and, and rates of alcoholism are super high with lawyers and unhappiness. So I was even wondering, do I, do I want to practice law after law school? But then I realized through a combination of reading and seeing other people start their own firms and, and the diversity in the law, I was able to carve out something that I, that I really love. And so I like entrepreneurship. I like immigrants. I like being able to serve clients and, and build a business. And, and basically there's no limit to what we can do, but I was unprepared for how difficult it is to manage employees and, and, and also just not having the right training as a business person for several years. And, and I think I underestimated the responsibility of taking on employees and what that's like. It's like having, starting a family where kids, so analogy is not perfect, right? But the, the coaching that you have to do and the responsibility that you have is, is crucial. So I'll tie this in with my theme, but I became a high performance coach 
in large part because I needed to be a better manager. It's interesting. I guess when was it that it first hit you like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. Like, can, like do you remember that moment? Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was my first employee and, and for months it, w- it was going great. And, and hiring my first legal assistant, paralegal, like you guys always recommend, it, it was great for the firm. It was, it was a exponential positive impact, but then she was unhappy about some things. And it was the kind of unhappiness that was understandable in some ways. And I actually realized that I'm, I'm probably a better manager than a lot of people. But if, if someone is not being, if, if we're not aligning the goals of the firm with her career goals, then people will be unhappy. And I love what someone said at the Maximum Lawyer Conference. It might have, yeah, I forget which speaker, but we're building a business, but the workers are building a career. And so they, they don't care too much about our business in that way. At what you know, our, our main goals. We need to genuinely care about their career growth. So that was helpful for me to figure out. Let's talk about that managing people piece. That's something when I mentioned at the top of the show that I was squeezing my head and like a vice in my hands that was sort of leading to that. I mean, you know, I think I, I'm an introvert. A lot of lawyers are introverts, and having to interact with employees or manage people all day can really be draining, especially if we like to think in our head and figure out cases. And then there's all this personality that we have to manage. How have you sort of come to grips with that, Eric? Yeah. They, I remember getting great advice that if someone thinks by building a, a law firm business, you can escape managing people or client, inter, client interactions, you, you just have a different type of client or a different type of person problem or interaction. And so I basically embrace that. If, if I'm not doing as much casework, like right now, I've still got to invest a huge amount of time in people relationships. And, and one of the toughest things is finding the balance between being the optimistic, positive leader, but at the same time, keeping people in line, having uh, performance reviews where you're tough on them, uh, hold, holding people accountable. That's, that's a tough balance. And, and then, yeah, I hate getting the the DM about, I have a concern, right? Or it's, it's a, the salary question or setting up the one-on-one meeting, but it's mainly my fault if I don't proactively set up the, the one-on-one meetings to kind of preempt that. So that's, that's what I'm trying to get better at. I, I follow traction uh, like in, in large part, not as much as you guys do probably, or at least Jim, but that's been helpful structure. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like you just need people need a structure. It doesn't matter in most cases what the structure is. Just a structure is pretty beneficial. But I want to talk about the high performance coaching that you mentioned. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So so yeah, I realized that I don't need to play the same game that that other people are. So a, a key realization was I was always beating myself up, comparing myself to all stars who have multi million dollar firms faster than than me, for example. And I realized that. I was actually playing a different game intentionally when I first started my firm with little kids and we, we invested into them and I was not spending as much time on, on marketing. I was doing more, spending more time with the family and investing in them, which was great, but I, I didn't connect the dots. I didn't realize that that's a strategic choice and it's okay to have a different focus, play a different game at different times of your life. And then I realized because parenting is so hard, I've been reading coaching books here and there. And John Wooden, he was this famous UCLA coach, I'm sure 
familiar with him, 10 championships. So I read his uh, Pyramid of Success book, which is kind of simple, almost kind of trite, but super helpful for me when I realized like, I'm so demoralized. I don't know what to do. I'll go back to the foundation of this pyramid. And for me, you can write your own. I've had my team do this. What are those attributes that are most important for you for success in life? And for me, I realized it's industriousness. I took that from John Wooden. It's positivity and enthusiasm. So when I'm not sure of what to do, I just go, all right, hard work, positivity, enthusiasm, and we take it from there. And so it's similar in some ways. My boys are in Boy Scouts. They define themselves with these words. So it's a simple but actually pretty effective coaching tool, high performance tool to look at that word. Like if you were behaving brave or with courage, what would you do? And coaching is helping people step into that type of role, that type of thinking. And so the more I was learning about it, the more I liked it. And I was helping my kids and the team with that too. Thanks for the reminder, because my word this year is stretch. And I haven't thought about the word stretch for a couple of days, even though I've been stretching at the gym, but I haven't been putting it in my journal like I do. So I think that that's an interesting point about yourself that you made, Eric, because when I think of you, I certainly think of positivity. I think you're a very optimistic fellow. You're always very supportive of everyone else. And I've never really seen you get down or bummed out about stuff. And so where does that come from for you? You know, my mom was a kind of a California hippie who was into positive psychology. I, and she always said, what, what was the positive thing to do? And we kind of made fun of her. It always sounded, she was also a kindergarten teacher. So we were uh, thinking like, oh, this is just for little kids. But after reading The Happiness Advantage, highly recommend that to, to everyone read that. So it's got the Harvard research backing it up, right? And, and then when you're able, just like a lawyer, to two, see two sides of the argument, recognize that our lizard brain is always focusing on the negative, but you can train yourself to find the positive and your life is way better as a result. Not, not only personally, but then people follow you. And that's, that's what leadership is. So you could, lawyers in particular, were all smart enough to find out you could focus on, oh, that sucks. Or you could make a list of things that are bad, but you could also learn to make the positive things stand out. So yeah, with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, that's been crucial for me. So other than hiring, let's get away from that for a second, or managing people, what, what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you've faced in growing your firm? I think for, yeah, this is a personal growth issue for me, is not marketing as I should. And, and one of the reasons I joined the Guild is to learn to not be self-conscious and just to get out of my own way. And not to worry about what people think on social media. And I could be much further along if, if I was more intentional about putting myself out there and just sharing helpful things. Immigration law, there's an endless amount of helpful info to prepare, to share with people. So if, if I did that more and I, I didn't care what I thought people were even thinking about, and no, no one even cares how people, how often they show up or look goofy or whatever. So I think. Marketing is a key challenge for me, finding the time to carve that out. And I'm glad that in the Guild, we're, we're doing this 60-day challenge because I need to build that habit. So I'm on track, guys. That's good. 
The Zapathon is back. If you're new around here, the Zapathon is the OG automation workshop. At this next exclusive guild event, we're partnering up with Maximum Lawyer's good friend, Kelsey Bratcher, to bring you a day and a half automation workshop. The idea of automation is simple, right? Identify a repeatable pattern of tasks and then use technology so that business process can happen without you. But setting up that technology can be daunting, time consuming, and even have a steep learning curve. Join us in person and you'll create automations on site that will start working for you before you even leave Austin. Join the guild today and grab your ticket at maxlawevents.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is immigration lawyer extraordinaire and guildian number one, Eric Widman. Eric, talk to us a little bit about what most immigration lawyers don't know. Like what, what are blind spots that immigration lawyers have in particular when it comes to marketing or building, like you said, an entrepreneurial system? Yes. So I would start with a practical issue with accounting where I know that a a number of immigration lawyers in particular, so starting with this nuts and bolts issue, take the money earned upon receipt and spend it and put themselves in kind of a Ponzi scheme scenario. And it's not good. and, And instead, it's better and healthier to earn that money through through milestones as you complete the work. So right now, Oregon still allows earned upon receipt, but that's going to be changing soon. Half the states roughly allow you to do that. So there can be a false sense of security that, oh, I'm, I'm profitable. I'm really killing it. Look, I've got $80,000 in the bank, but that's really not your, your money when even if it's legally operated in your operating account. So on a practical level, by forcing yourself to earn it and then transfer it to your operating account, that's, that's huge. That will also push you and your team to be more productive and finding, finding those minimum targets. That's something I've experimented with. I've also experimented with a, and, and for several years, used a commission system. That could work, but overall, the entrepreneurial type of people who like the commission can leave, start their own firms. Because I, I think I only realized recently, isn't a book of business basically taking from your existing firm the existing clients? What do you mean? I, like I'm, you've caught me on that one. I like w- w- say what you mean on that. Well, when when an attorney talks about, yeah, I've got this book of business that's transportable, and they're not a partner, that typically means I think you're an associate who's able to to leave with with clients and go to a new firm. Gotcha. Okay. I no question agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. If you it makes you more powerful. It gives you more power if you are an associate and you have you have, you have that book of business. I I do get that. I think that that makes complete sense. And we kind of Jim and I kind of talked about that earlier about if if one of your associates does have a big book of business, it it gives them that mobility which could cause a problem for you. But I want to ask you about something else. I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about vision a little bit. And I, and I just wonder like someone like you, if you've done like the vision work to figure out where you are headed with your firm and and what value you place on that. Yeah. So I definitely think it's crucial to figure out your your why, think about longer term what you want to do. And I think for the three of us who are more inclined this this way, the visionary versus the the executor, the the yeah, the integrator, I'm I'm more the visionary. So but it's, it's important to do the work. And what I've done when I've looked ahead five or 10 years or done the painted picture 
from my corporate days, I've realized that I would love to build an international company. So if I kind of my life work where, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be a huge multinational, that's not realistic, but in a sense of having multiple offices and focusing on global mobility, that would be really meaningful. So it'll be both immigration, but it's not so consumer focused. And we still need to get five-star Google reviews. But right now I feel like I, I want to be more like the company that kind of shrugs off the, again, not ignoring the, the bad feedback, but a, a lot of businesses don't really care if, if customer A, B, or C is, is really upset. But I'm, I'm, the vision that I'm excited about is helping people achieve their full potential by living globally. So that's the statement I came up with for, for myself. And for me, I've been able to live globally. I've lived abroad. It's enriched my life hugely. I found my love, the love of my life, my life partner in another country. That happens a lot for, for those. So my mission is to help people live globally in this way. And it can mean Americans going abroad. So right now we're mainly doing inbound immigration exclusively at this point, but we want to do outbound immigration too and help doctors without borders get people into Nigeria, that type of thing. So is that where the future lies for your firm? Is that, I know that's in the name of your firm. Is that sort of one of the long-term goals? And what would that look like from a a role of the law firm? Like what would your role be in a situation like that? Yeah. So I'm excited. I don't know if I'll remain or be a CEO uh, longer term, but I, I, I could, but I would love to do business development and build relationships and set up an, another office in, in Europe, live there. So a lot of relationship building, laying the structure, the foundation, the vision for, for things, more marketing to, to make this happen, to do business development with companies and maybe secure an account multiple accounts over time that are great for recurring revenue. So I, I see that happening in addition to growing the, the consumer-focused business. I love it. This is good stuff. I, I think I could probably pick your brain on a lot of things all day, but uh, we do need to begin to wrap things up. Uh, before I do, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. A lot of great information being shared on a daily basis sometimes hourly basis or more. And then if you want a more high-level conversation with people like Eric, Eric is in the guild. He's the, like Jim said, Gildian number one. He came up with the name Gildian, which is pretty awesome. If you want a more high-level conversation, join us in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you don't mind giving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So this is probably a hack that's a long time coming, but I've actually been afraid to read this book. And when I say afraid, I mean, I wasn't sure if I was ready for it. I'm still not sure if I'm ready for it. It's one that many people have heard about. It's by Napoleon Hill. It's called Think and Grow Rich. And when I say that I was worried about it or nervous about it is, it's a pretty intense book. And it's a little bit woo-woo. It's a little bit out there. And it's a little bit dated. But I honestly think that it came to me to read now at the right time. Like I was ready to receive it. I think that if some people read it, if I'd read it 10 years ago, it would have gone way over my head. I was not ready for it. But I think that the central message, which is that that anything that we want to have happen has to begin as a thought and that the only changes that happen in the world began as a thought. 
and that our job in part is to keep that thought alive until it becomes manifest in action. There's so many great lessons in the book. I was looking up one, but there's just so many great lessons in the book that even if some of it goes over your head or even if you find a chapter that you think is just way out there, at its core, it's just a great roadmap for philosophy of life and for philosophy of growth and a growth mindset. I mean, Napoleon Hill was talking about this stuff right after the depression. And there was a section in there today that I read where he was talking about the depression being a great reset. And of course, we're going through and on maybe on the back end of a great reset. So, I think the book, although it's almost 100 years old, is timely. And I would say you can get a copy of it for free. The copyright ran a long time ago. Just get it and just wait until it tells you to read it. Like, get the book, wait until the book tells you to read it, and then just play around with it and see if it's something that's resonating. If you start to read it and it starts to seem weird, close it and come back to it later. It's interesting advice. It is good advice. I read it a long time ago and I should probably honestly come back to it, but that's a good one, Jimbo. All right, Eric, you know the routine. We always ask our guests to give a tip or a hack of the week. What you got for us? Yes. I highly recommend you watch the documentary All or Nothing Arsenal. I'm a soccer fan. Even if you're not a soccer fan, you will be amazed at how the coach, who I love, Mikel Arteta, has to overcome, basically rally people. It's a lesson in leadership behind the scenes. They're losing game after game. And then how does he face them and and rally them? So it was excellent. That's good. I'll have to check that out. Mine is going to be so different from the two of you. I don't know if a lot of if you all have seen, but like on Instagram and TikTok, there's um, you see people with videos and it's got the words go along the bottom of it. There's a really easy app you can use. And there's there's a paid and a free version, but the free version will get you where you need to go. And uh, just it uses AI, I think, but it will just put those words in there for you. Uh, and it's really, really easy. So if you're struggling with doing that and you don't want to send it off to an editor and have them type it all out, you can just use something like CapCut and it makes it really easy. All right, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. It's been a lot. Of, it's been a blast. And I, li- I like to hear your story. Thanks so much, guys. Definitely appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.